Welcome back to the Logical Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Lodge. Today, I have a very special friend and guest, Cash Caldwell. He joins me tonight for our first ever live broadcast on Facebook. So, uh, Mom, I know you're watching this. I love you. Thanks for watching the kids. Without further ado, Cash, what's up? To see you. Good to see you, man. Good to be here. Yeah, good thanks, to be here. Thanks for having me. This is your first podcast. Yes, in fact. What do you think so far? So far, so good. So far, so yeah, good. No yeah, no problem. So your claim to fame is pizza. That's, <laughs> that's one of them. That's how we got connected. That's exactly how we got connected. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You'd moved back to Paris, and you'd done something in the military or something I heard. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. And you were making a pizza truck. That's right, trailer. Trailer. <laughs> and you came, and, and you showed me this trailer. I did. And I was like, okay. I said, John, I'm going to put a pizza oven on this trailer <laughs> and a kitchen, and uh, we're going to make pizza, and it's going to rock. It's going to yeah. be Neapolitan, yeah. just like they do in Naples. And you built it yourself, which is yes. amazing. And in the time frame that you set for yourself. Well, that was something. That was, I remember, you we, ran into a lot of... <laughs> we, you assigned me an artificial deadline, yeah. and uh, I had to come in under it. There were many nights, like 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, I was out there uh, putting the finishing touches on yeah. the uh, kitchen. And yeah. then you've made a bunch of pies. But that's not why people know you. No, no, that's <laughs> not just why. <laughs> it's because of Jill. Of course, <laughs> I'm, fa I'm married to the famous one. I'm convinced that she could be mayor if she wanted to be. But I'd uh, vote for her. yes, she's I definitely. I love John Penn. I love John Penn. I'm just saying. Oh yeah, we all do. We all do. But the uh, the better half for yeah, sure. Right, 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 mm -hmm. right. So you did 30 years for the for our listeners. I'm joking around. Um, cash your life accomplishment, so to speak. A big part of your life history has been you served our country for 30 plus years yeah a little over 30 a little mm -hmm. over 30 years. yes and you rose to the rank of um, master chief master chief in the u.s navy of the mm -hmm. south pacific fleet right? well the pacific submarine force the, the pacific submarine force yes. specifically yeah i want to i won't be too evasive on that i was the senior enlisted submariner in the pacific and uh so i worked for the commander of the submarine force pacific who was the admiral in charge of all the submarines. Gotcha. And uh, we had about uh, 12,000 sailors in the uh, claimancy there of subpack. Wow. Mm -hmm. And there's not but a few master chiefs in the Navy. Oh, there's 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 lots of master chiefs in the <laughs> Navy, but uh, there's not a lot of force master chiefs or fleet master chiefs or, right. uh, you know, it's, it's one of the more senior enlisted jobs that you get to do. I was honored to have it. I was selected to do it and, and had a lot of fun. But that was really just the icing on the cake. The real fun was just being a submariner all those yeah. years. That was that was the real fun. What being is being that a like. Well, I mean when I joined, you know, in the early eighties, uh, there was this thing called the Cold War going on. You know, so that was that was interesting. Uh, you know, the uh the Soviets were out there and they were doing their business and uh, you know, the, that was our major concern at the time. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, getting in there, it was really kind of an adrenaline thing. 
uh, when you're out there and knowing that the bad guys are out there too. And, so and are you like so playing war games, so to speak, with like these Soviet subs? I like really can't discuss any of the sure. details about it, uh, you know, other than the fact that say, well, we were in the ocean. That They were you know, both in the ocean together. You co-located, yeah. Each other were there <laughs> and everyone's on high alert yeah. and, and you never know what, what might be the incident that makes it hot. That's right. That's right. I mean, I mean, geographically, you know, there's uh, there's things that they they were interested in establishing geographically on the planet and there were things that we were interested in keeping them from establishing geographically, you know, it's like where they want to operate, where they want to hang out. And same with us, you know, obviously. Right. You know. And then in 1989, they all of a sudden weren't Soviets. No, the Berlin Wall came down yeah. and and, and uh, they got better and they're great. Mr. Gorbachev did the right thing. Mr. Gorbachev did the right thing, and things <laughs> are great right. now. Russia's fine, and <laughs> right, everything's good. So yeah, I'm glad I, we got I, out of that war. I guess I guess Man. what happened is uh, <laughs> they never really stopped being their true selves. Huh? I guess I don't or know. Or we, or they, or both of us. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Right. I retired uh, in 2014. So you retired in 2014, nine years ago. So I've been out of the loop uh, ever since then. So right. So what in as a submariner, I mean, with 30 plus years of experience, what I mean, what does that entail? I mean, what does that your daily life? You're in a room that is the size of this table. Well, it's not all you're not you're not underway all the time. You're not underwater all the time. I mean, um, uh, the typical year of a submariner would be broken up into roughly on average six months at sea and six months in port you'd be training while you're at sea uh you know learning how to go out and do the business do the war fighting shoot the torpedoes shoot the missiles uh, you know what what have you training how to do the thing and uh, also the different missions that the submarines do which are you know a lot of like what you know what's what's a mission that you guys i mean like a typical like what what is without obviously divulging um well the environment i mean you go into different environments and you want to kind of learn like for instance um what was one of the cooler ones well you know without going into like classified stuff that i had to sign my name to that i would not discuss i mean you got to imagine that um you know the things that you see on television or or hear about are pretty accurate you know we're going to go close and we're going to we're going to take a look and 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 see that everybody's kind of behaving themselves and so. letting letting them know that you're there yeah. and that you're just well no no we don't we absolutely do not want them to oh, know gotcha. that we're there okay okay we, I don't know if it's like an intimidation tactic or something like that to have a a nuclear submarine i'm kind of an odd duck i mean i spent my uh 30 years in submarines only on the fast attack submarines so i I never got to really what does that mean well there are two kinds classes of submarines in the u.s navy one of them are the fast attack submarines and the other ones are the tridents or the ballistic missile submarines so that's the one that carries the nukes yeah, okay. they, they carry the nukes. Okay. And the fast attacks go out and do other things. They go out and look for their nukes, and they go out and look. Reconnaissance. They go look for things. Maybe they go sink l- ships. Look for things that yeah. need to be attacked. <laughs> Fat, hence the name, fast yeah. attack submarine. And I was lucky. I, I started out on the Sturgeon-class submarine, which was an old 1960s. They were mainly built in the 60s. Oh, wow. And... Um, they really were the the champion as far as I was concerned. And then later on, uh, the Los Angeles class came along, which was a faster submarine, more capable, quieter. So is this nuclear powered? All nuclear powered. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. And um, and um, 
then later on we uh, we transitioned over to the Virginia class submarine, which is the one that's currently out that's there now. Which I got to I actually got to be a part of the design of that. No kidding. Yes, uh, my uh, first shore duty after making chief in the Navy, I was assigned to Washington D.C. in the at the time it was called the uh, New Attack Submarine Program Office, but then. While I was there, they came up with the name for the submarine, and the first one was going to be the Virginia, and uh, so they call it the Virginia Class Submarine Program Office. And I, I worked for the R&D manager, and and was actually the lead pilot uh, for the design of the ship control system. Wow! And, uh, yeah, so so got to wow. do a lot of got that to is. do a lot of cool stuff with that. So they would, I guess, I mean, without going into they kind of bring you in, and you'd kind of say, "Hey, you know, I've been on the submarine. Yes. I know how to." Yeah, this isn't going to work, or this is going to work, or move this here, or put that there, or type well, of deal. You need subject matter experts or people that have done it, right. you know, and say, "Does this make sense?" And there was a lot of ergonomics because this was an entirely different kind of ship control system. Uh, whereas in the old days we had a yoke, you know, that would drive it with a yoke and it had a wheel on it, like a flying a plane. Right. Right. And there'd be two stations. There'd be a pilot, you know, uh, a helmsman who also steered it. Yeah. But also controlled. Uh, sorry about that. Actually controlled some of the elevation and then the guy that controlled the stern planes. So you know they would drive the submarine with two people coordinating and change depths and steer it on courses and things like that. But the Virginia class was entirely different. It used a lot of uh, the technology that you see on airplanes now, where it's all fingers on glass oh, wow. and it's wireless and it's all just it just drives itself. You say, okay, I want to change depth instead of a guy pushing a yoke and changing the plane surface. You basically enter a depth and hit go, and it goes to the depth. Wow. You want to change speed, you just hit a button, and it, you know, it sends the signal back to the nukes back there, and they ring up the bell and. And it goes back to the nukes. That's what you call the, the nukes back there. The guys, you, the pushers. Oh, that's what you call the guys that are in the yeah. that are in the in the engine room. Yeah, because it's a nuclear powered submarine, right? So right? You call so them nukes. Okay. And all yeah. the guys that operate the nuclear plant, which is a basically a steam plant, right? right? So uh, the guys we call them nukes. Right. So you, yeah, you have the boilers, smart guys. You have boilers essentially driving this. The Rickover descendants, Admiral Rickover, designed the. Uh, first nuclear-powered submarine, you know, and set up the program and wow. trained all the officers, hand-picked them all. Wow. Uh, yeah. You couldn't uh, – and the whole thing was, uh, if you ever read or studied any Rickover, he he, um, he did not like uh, people that weren't particularly smart. <laughs> so he, he, made a fa he made a point of uh, making sure all his people were smart. And there were some. There was a series of batteries of exams, and and to this day that exists. That's the uh, standard. The standard is you have to pass, and you have to maintain these uh, uh, aptitudes. You know, wow. uh, physics, chemistry, all the all the electronics, all this stuff. I mean, it, it really is a. Because I mean, a person on a sub is such a crucial piece of equipment, so oh to yeah. speak. Yeah, you can't. So you can't have a million people on a submarine, you no, know. No. So everyone kind of has to be able to do more than one job. Well, the the nukes can specialize. I mean, sure. you're okay with that. I mean, you, you like, and you have three different brands. I mean, you have electronic guys, and you have right. electricians, and you have mechanics, and they all they're nuclear trained. I mean, they all right. can go stand watch back there and, and keep it safe. And that's the one thing that the Navy has going for it, even to this day, is no accidents, hundred percent safety record. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, that's the that's the issue with nuclear power today. It's like it's obviously one of 
the better options for power, and yeah. people are just terrified that it's going to, you know. And it's so incredibly safe. I mean, we, we right. I mean, I used to stand watch. Uh, you know, I was a conventional mechanic on a submarine. Right. And I, I would stand watch twenty feet from the core of a nuclear reactor. What? And I, my exposure, my lifetime exposure to radiation was less than uh, one transatlantic airplane flight. What? Yeah, it's actually measurable. You know, I got more li- I've got more lifetime radiation exposure from my dental exams than I have gotten from, from a career in submarines. So they would t- I, okay. So this is something they would test. Okay. We monitor it. Yeah. yeah. You wear dosimetry, and you're able to, based on the dosimetry that you wear, they track your lifetime exposure. Whoa. So there's somewhere in the halls of justice, and they maintain that somewhere in the halls of justice of military records. There's my lifetime exposure out there, and I think it's actually in my medical record that I was no, given no when I retired. Yeah. So that you can't go back and say. Radiation <laughs> health is a big deal in the U.S. Navy. They really pay attention to it. Just like it's just one of the details that Rickover just insisted on. He says, my people are not going to be, uh, you know, subjected to dangerous levels of radiation. And uh, the way they designed the reactor was they put shielding around it and interestingly designed it so it has this high coefficient of attenuation where it just knocks those high those gamma rays and all just knocks them down and they don't get to go out and penetrate our bodies and change our personal body chemistry and i'm sure this is cobalt and all sorts of different other it's all yeah, the all the nasties all the nasties yeah, yeah. all the nasties yeah. are you familiar with the demon core have you ever heard about the demon core i have not okay so the demon core was like this uh, it was a nuclear um, reactor that they had built like in the 50s I, I believe it was supposed to go if i remember correctly it was supposed to be the third it was supposed to be the third one dropped oh and so they they did a bunch of experiments on it and uh, this was like you know back in the 50s and uh um, several people died from the shielding yeah like they dropped the shielding and then yeah. they quickly put it back within a millisecond and Too you late. know yeah five days later they're just it's too late. Oh, and it's the most excruciating death you could possibly imagine. <laughs> because that's what it does, those ions. It's ionizing radiation, and they just shoot through your body, and they basically just change your body chemistry yeah. to the point where it no longer supports life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They got the guy in a – do you remember the, the dude in, in London that they shot with the umbrella? The oh, ca- yeah, 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 yeah. With like that was Tony. a radioactive – Like BB? It was like it a was BB just out, a thing, out, just out a of an poke. umbrella, like a poke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then it was a, I just remember as a kid like seeing him in the hospital room, you know, when he was in he was like the KGB defector or whatever. It's poison. Yeah. And it, anything is a poison that that causes your body to no longer want to keep you alive, right? So yeah. So it it turns in. I mean, food is a poison sometimes. It can be. It can be. Mm-hmm. We got an epidemic. Bunch of, bunch of obese people. I'm just saying. I don't know. Dude, I, don't know. I mean, I don't want to talk. I'm just saying. Yeah. That's it. I mean, we got to like food. I mean, I think you mentioned the word demons earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You make pizza, so that is like. Hey, pizza is actually good for. And you. I make beer, and beer is good for you. Beer so. is very good for you. <laughs> yeah, but pizza is better, yeah. particularly they, the way I do it. They go well hand in hand. I have to say, some of the most. Um, I don't know a better way to put this, but hellish nights at at. At Perry Logic. That's <laughs> the only way to put it. <laughs> was when Cash's Pizza Truck came out there. Oh. I, I it know. Was just the it was worst. mad. It was madhouse. And it was we would madness. cover up. We'd, we'd be 50 pizzas in the hole. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. trying to claw our way We sold out. a lot of beer. <laughs> and you know, I'm putting a pizza through every two minutes yeah. through that oven. Yeah. 
and three at a time. And we just can't we can't keep up because <laughs> it's it's because I put an addictive chemical in it that makes them crave it. I know it. it. I know. Crave it. It's those San Marzanos. San Marzano <laughs> tomatoes. That's the key. From Italy. Yeah, yes. the, the Lacento or whatever. I still buy them because of you to this day. I don't make any other sauce without them. <laughs> Neapolitan is the real deal, though. I yeah. mean, with the wood-fired oven, you know, I mean, you can't do this at home yeah. because you can't make your oven at home go to 900 degrees or 1,000 degrees. You can't do a pizza in a minute and a half. Yeah. You know, just can't. Yeah. And you still, you're still using the same starter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got the same... Um, same uh, bacteria, the same uh, <laughs> little <laughs> little creatures. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a fungi. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I, I made some last week just because I'm basically jonesing to get back out there and nice. make some more pizza. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's awesome, man, because I know you, you got into the flour. You got into, yes. I mean, the whole. The type OO. The type OO. Flour, yeah, yeah and yeah. still use that. So There's only one way to do it, and that's the right way. And I've, and I've been to your house, and I've noticed this you know, about, about you, the way you live your life. And I always respected this about you is that you, you do things very particularly. Well, the things I care about. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Which isn't everything much. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I mean, you've got a really cool old truck. Oh yeah. You've got a really cool old truck. I mean, it is super cool. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked me the other day, are you driving the old truck? And I go, which one? Because my, my other truck is about to become an antique. Right, right. You know, yeah, your newer my, truck. Yeah. My, but the 65 is the one that, yeah, yeah, took it out today, actually, with the pup. With the pup. Through with the the, pup. Through oh, you uh, got a new pup. Yes, yeah. yes, Dell. Yeah, that's awesome. Dell's new to the neighborhood. Yeah, mm-hmm. my, I've got a, I've got a, we got a new one to, like, give our old one, uh, you know, a little <clears> extra couple years or whatever. And I think it's killing the old one because they just go out and run around and yeah, yeah and they come back skunked. Here lately, they've been getting skunked, so I'm gonna know what skunk tastes I think, like soon. I think so. I've smelled it wafting across the bottom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and not, yeah, not a good skunk, skunk wafts. A, a, bad, a bad skunk. <laughs> There's wafting involved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm gonna eat it. And when I'm gonna, I am. I mean, <laughs> you're laughing, but you know it's true. <laughs> I'm gonna kill and eat this skunk. It's I, got to be. <laughs> I mean, it's just. I can't imagine. But imagine that predator out there, that coyote. Okay, that has been able to put aside the smell because he is so hungry. Right. That's my dog. Yeah. But I think he just wants to be friends, like a black and white <laughs> kitty wants to play. But yeah, uh, and and they're brutal. I mean, they're like skunks are just absolutely brutal predators and i did not realize yeah that. yeah yeah but they just walk around as if no like because they have no enemies yeah so um i may have said this before but uh the chickasaw which hail from here yes this area I'm familiar. They, yeah mm-hmm. so they uh, uh to become uh into their tribe you had to club a skunk you had at a, as a boy you had to club a skunk so think that's kind of cool. what a horrible thing to force a young boy to do <laughs> well i mean i think the idea was like yeah you know right of passage right of passage but yeah. like the idea is you know that kid's going to try to outsmart the system they're all going to try to come up with a different way to kill this skunk but at the end of the day they're all going to come back covered in skunk yeah right there's no way there's no it. way around mm-hmm. it there's no way around it i mean because you can hit one on the road and smell it on your clothes i mean it's it's powerful stuff tell me <laughs> yeah yeah, and it's not. I found out the other day. It's not the only you know uh, powerful musky thing. I got. I was. I got an otter, and I was like cleaning an otter, and its musk is absolutely just. Mm. 
Where did where did in the bottom? In the bottoms. Wow. I was in the bottoms. I hunted it. Nice. Yeah, yeah it was wild. My first and only otter. Yeah. I'll never do it again. They're too cool. But they I, are cool. I, yeah, they they're kind of it's really cool. It was a giant giant male. Yeah. I'd hunted it for about three years, and it was just one of yeah. the coolest hunts I've been on. But cool. tasted horrible. But we've got a cool pelt and kept everything else, and so we're gonna do something weird with it. And so you've checked that box. I've checked that box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to. You've checked a lot of boxes, okay. though. As I know, far as I know, and I know. As far as eating weird stuff, mm. I know. So my goal is this. My goal is this, just so I don't sound. I look crazy, and I sound crazy, but I don't want to sound as crazy as I need to be. My goal is this. I want to. Hunt, kill, and eat everything there's a season for in Tennessee. <clears throat> that's, how, my, that's my goal. How far down the goal list? I went you? on a bear hunt in November this year by myself. <laughs> I went to East Tennessee, went into a bear, uh, uh, went into a park where you can hunt them, got my license, got my tags, and went and camped and went on a hunt. I didn't get one, but it was awesome. I learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike Weatherford, uh, was, I was up there talking to him, and he was like, you're not you're not gonna see a bear you know they're quite shy yeah well they were dog hunting so i didn't realize what he meant but i saw the dogs yeah i met a lot of really cool people (laughs) and and called in a lot of dogs (laughs) and they're really expensive it's like duck hunters here they spend you know thousands and thousands of dollars on duck hunting Mm -hmm. and i found out up there in appalachia it's the same with bear hunting they spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to bear hunt i mean the the i the it's like an iPad device or something that they're tracking the dogs with GPS and the dogs have all these collars and all this like special gear on and they've got all these radios I mean it's a huge thing and I went opening day not I had no idea that the culture there I thought oh I'll sneak off into one of the fingers you know of one of these mountains and I'll be able to you know I'll find tracks I'll find you know scat which I did this bear is mine yeah. But I no, will have a bear. The dogs were before the day is done. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I thought. <laughs> I was really cocky. I was like, I'm gonna get a bear and actually head back early. Yeah, but I just saw a lot of bear poop and met a lot of you know hill hill folk that were hunting hunting bears. So. Appalachia is its own place, dude. <laughs> you ain't kidding. Me. And that's good. Yeah. I mean, thank God for Appalachia. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's it's what about the AT? What about the AT? Do you have any? any inkling or I, I've read uh, books of people that have hiked the AT and I was just like man it is so there's a lot of but famous what a books. walk yeah there's a lot what of a... famous books I've got a friend that's almost completed it mm-hmm. she, she's, she's doing sections right doing sections right but you're talking about doing uh, being a through hiker that's right through hiker right. is the different that's thing. the different yeah. yeah 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 that's where you do it in one year or you do now it you from can, start to finish. You do it start to finish in one year. Yeah. Oh, in now one you year, can gotcha. pull yourself off for a few days, and l- many people do. They get injured. They have, they, yeah. need, they need rest. I mean, they'll go get a hotel room, you know, and things. You want to so. do it? You got a couple? No, got a I, I don't. I don't. I got nothing going on. That's a long walk. I got nothing. You know. Nothing going on. That is a walk and I a half. A I could take a year. We could do the Appalachian Trail. It doesn't take a year. If it takes you a year, you're, you're not going to make it because of the seasonal change. Oh, yeah. You see, you've got to start in March in Georgia, Springer Mountain, Georgia. You've got to start in March just so you can make it up into Maine, Katahdin, by the time they close and the weather gets bad. Right. For example, you've got to go through the White Mountains in uh, New Hampshire. You would not have wanted to be there last week, right? Right. Why right. is that? Right, right, right. Because they just set a record for like a hundred and something degrees below zero wind chill. 
Wasn't it like 105 or something like that? Know. The wind chill was that. That's unbelievable. It's the coldest place, place on the planet because the wind, the way the wind does, and people uh, die up there. People die doing this. Yeah. You know, so you've got to like get your timing down yeah. and uh, be smart about it. Of course, there's a whole su- support apparatus that most people have. I mean, yeah, and there's a whole economy based around it. Sure. I mean, there's a whole yeah. economy based around it. I, I, I find it interesting. There's a whole economy based around us doing our taxes. Yeah. That is true. insane to me. There's not, listen to me, it's there's a not a single human on the planet. That I just want, I want, I want, where's the camera at? I need to look at this camera. Everyone listen. There's not a single person, everyone needs to know this. There's not a single person on the planet that has read the tax code. I just want to put that out there. And, and why I know that, for sure. Have you seen it? <laughs> Have you of seen all. the tax code? <laughs> yeah. It's insane. It's like, oh no, it's volumes now. Yeah. Oh no, it's volumes. It's more than that. Oh yeah. It's like, oh yeah. More than that. Oh yeah. It's like that. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot. Yeah, it's like a twelve-year-old boy. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) that's that's what we're talking. Yeah. So there's a whole and makes about as much sense. (laughs) Yeah, it makes about as much sense. That's right. Hey, yeah, interesting. (laughs) But you got to pay him. You got to pay him. So (laughs) what are you gonna do? Oh, I heard a good joke the other day. I've got to share this with you. It's a short one. Short one. What do What do people under ten and over seventy have in common? What's that? They all want to tell you their age. Harmless, right? That's, that's awesome. a harmless joke. Yeah. <laughs> I've but it's true. It is true. You know, it's like you got some seventy-year-old that's or seventy-plus, you yeah. know, that's fairly yeah. fit and everything. Wants to make sure you know. Oh yeah, before that you leave over, the room. Yeah, yeah, that they're over seventy and they're getting it done. Yeah. Which my hats off. I really want to be that person someday. Okay, but, let me add to the joke. Mm-hmm. Oh, what yeah. do a ten-year-old, someone over seventy, and a vegetarian have in common? Oh, of course, <laughs> they all want to tell. Them. Everybody, right? <laughs> how old they? Are. <laughs> okay, <laughs> works for me. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, all, yeah. So I, I've noticed that in here recently, and this is a theory that I have, and I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've noticed that uh, people are seem to be a little more on edge, and I don't know if it's older people in general. But I am noticing that people are just tuned up, ready to go. They go from zero to one hundred at the drop of a hat. On some subjects, or I just or in, anything, just in general. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's like a recent. It seems within the last few years, almost like a recent development. I'm not even going to offer any conjecture. I have no idea. I'd have, I, I've, I've observed the same thing you have. Right. I just don't know. Either. I don't know the water. Is it the moon cycles? Is it are we? Is it the I mean, age of Aquarius? I'd, What's going on, man? I'd be guessing. <laughs> We'd all be guessing. Yeah. So I had a guy. Um, I had a guy who your cousin Chad Howard is watching. Oh, great! Yeah. Hello to Chad. Hello, Chad. Hi, <laughs> Melanie. I'm sure maybe Melanie's watching. I'm too. sure she is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Let, do you? Claim Chad as a cousin? Of course. Okay. I don't Love claim, Chad. I don't claim Chad as a friend. You don't? I claim him as a demigod. <laughs> <laughs> the legend of Chad Howard lives on. That's <laughs> exactly right. So I was gonna tell you, listen to this. We're talking about people being keyed up. So uh Walmart is my favorite place to go. Absolute favorite place to go. It's my least favorite place. Okay. To go. okay. I'm glad you're picking up on that. <laughs> okay. okay. So I'm with my family mm-hmm. trying not to find ways to kill myself in the middle of Walmart. Okay. Okay. And 
I see some Little Debbie ice cream. Like, you know, the snack cakes, the Swiss cake rolls, like the Star Crunch and all the bull crap, oatmeal cream pies, all the junk food. I vaguely remember these things. They, make, they made it into ice cream cash. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm freaking out. So I'm like grabbing like a kid, grabbing like just handfuls of this ice cream loaded into the cart. And this guy steps in front of me. He's an older man. Okay. He would have told me his age if we would have had a longer conversation. He, and he steps in front of me. <laughs> he says, uh, I said, I said, oh, excuse me. And I'm holding ice cream. I said, check this out. They got Little Debbie snack cakes. Isn't that awesome, man? He looks at me. He said, what? He said, what'd you say to me? I said, isn't that awesome? He said, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Snarled at me. Really? We pushed off he was unhappy. Cart, unhinged. Pushed mm -hmm. off our cart. And I'm like, that was kind of weird. So I didn't think anything about it. We're going to check out. And I see this dude. <laughs> so I'm checking out with my family, right? And you know how that goes to check out with little kids. Mm -hmm. You remember this. They, they, yeah, they all want, also vaguely. They, all, they want to buy, you know, so you're just like, no, 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 you know. And I see this guy, and he's, at, he's standing in Walmart, and he's next to his wife. And he's, I hope he's watching. If you're watching, dude, you got my present. I know you got my present if you're watching. <laughs> so he's sitting here, and he's pointing. He's like, <sighs> and I can hear him. I can hear him. And, I'm and what's he out. saying? He's, he's yelling. He's like, and that's the. Profanities. The guy. The guy. <laughs> that is the young gentleman. And he's like snarling. And Chelsea, she like taps me on the shoulder, like points. And we make eye contact. So now I have, now I'm involved. Oh, yeah. So I'm involved and I go over to him and I'm like, excuse me, sir. I'm like <clears throat> trying to zen, you know. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, sir. I think we have a misunderstanding. And he's like, yeah, I think we do. <laughs> and I'm like, golly, what did I do to this guy? Yep. I'm like, I'm racking my brain, you know. And I said, what, what's going on? He said, you called me an old man. And I was like, I, no. I, I said, what, isn't this awesome, man? Like, I, 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 that's all I said. I said, isn't this awesome, man? He said, yeah. All right. And his wife said, I told you, honey, I told you, I told you. And I'm like, why would you get this keyed up? Even if. Even if. Someone had called you an old man, which, by the way, you are. He, he was. <laughs> and was being an old man. Yeah. And so I said, sir, sir, I would never disrespect somebody in front of my family. I apologize for offending you. And he said, I think you just need to walk, is what he tells me. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, you know, all right. So I'm waiting around. So we check out. You know, I'm waiting around. And I'm kind of watching him out of the corner of my eye, and the kids are kind of going crazy or whatever. You know, he goes to push his cart out, and, and I kind of get up there beside him, and I kind of I'm looking over, you know, like this, so he doesn't see me, and I slip one of the pints of ice cream in his cart. Oh, hey, buddy, if you got that ice cream, that was that was for me. That was for me. I paid for it and everything. So. No problem. <laughs> but seriously, what a nice man. thing. Yeah. I don't know. I I can't speak to that phenomenon, I the, although I have observed it. Um, Lately, it's in like the last few years, I mean, over over the C word. We've gotten touchy. Yeah. People have gotten touchy. Yeah. I, I, I think that easily offended, I think the word is outrage. People are looking for a reason to have outrage. Yes. Like they find something something that I don't agree with is now, instead of it's just something I don't agree with, it's an outrage. Yes. It's not just, it's not. Um, benign anymore. It used to be benign. It's just all oh, that's somebody else's deal, right? But now, it, I, it's a personal affront to me because it's not the way I would do it. Therefore, right, it's an outrage. It, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. personally attacking me. Yeah, and 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 the and 
listening to this right now, the, the, the seven people that are listening to this right now, they're, they're going to compartmentalize. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to judge my viewership really hard. Because I did this. You're going to compartmentalize, and you're going to say, it's the others that do that. Yeah, it's not me. It's not my group. It's not my tribe. Well, I don't know. It's not it's, me. It's hard to generalize. That's the thing. When, you're, when you generalize, you're already in trouble. That's a slippery, slippery slope. It is. But that's all we when do is compartmentalize. Yeah, but. Check, check off boxes. It's a slippery slope. You're right. I hate it. I hate it. People get, people get mad at me because they're like, oh, you're a liberal. People get mad at me. Oh, you're a conservative. I'm like, what? I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that is. I like to go camping. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't, like the people I, uh, in Washington care nothing about me. I vote, I vote, and it's none of anybody's business how I vote, their records, whatever. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, what are you talking about? Yes. It's, this, these people don't care about me. The R's, the D's, none of them care about me. I don't care about them. You know, I pay my taxes. Like you said, I like to go camping. I mean, I do. I mean, the things I like, I, I play music sometimes. I, I've heard. I cook pizza. I've heard you play music. I do things <laughs> like that, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I think gigging? everybody. Huh? Are you still gigging? N not gigging. I mean, we, we still get together. Some of the guys and Pick I around. get together and we will play. Pick yeah. around a little. I don't do it as much as uh, I ought to. I have opportunity to do more. But I'm constantly working up new material. You can't stop. Cannot stop. I, I'm with you. I say new material. It's not anything that I wrote. I'm not. I don't have an original bone in my body, but I can yeah. plagiarize like a, anybody's <laughs> business. But also, I like to take you know words and music from talented people and make it my own. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. some form that yeah. they obviously would not recognize. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that's it's fun. It's just a fun thing that I've done since I was young. So. And, and, and here's the deal. And it gets back to what we were talking about with, uh, you know, people being keyed up. And it, it gets back to this fact that doing something difficult, whether it's being a master chief, hmm. playing guitar, building a pizza oven, whatever it is, doing something difficult is not necessarily enjoyable then. You don't have the instant gratification of doing it then. Right. It's delayed gratification. That's true. That's true. And it's, it it's comes eventually. the best type of gratification, in my opinion. The reward from working very hard at something that you love. Yeah. And then I can see that. and then having, you know, that experience. When I went on my bear hunt, it was it was horrible. It was it was horrible. Didn't, didn't sound horrible. No, looking that. back now. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. It w was it worth all the effort of course. and all that? It was fun. Yeah. But at the time, you know, sleeping, you know, at, awake stuff. every 15 minutes because I think I'm actually I illegally camped in the bear reserve, like 100 yards in it, which I shouldn't have. So so I didn't even know that. But, I mean, you're cl that close to bears, you know. Go ahead and write yourself a ticket for yeah. that. Okay? Statue of limitations back has to the, expired, son. The Appalachian Trail, <laughs> that's the th a recurring theme that you hear from people that have done it, is uh, that it's it's awful while you're doing Right. You know, I mean, there's there, I mean, there's pain, there's real agony, there's physical injury. Fear. There's, there's fear, yeah. I mean, you're, you're caught in lightning storms and tornadoes exactly. and snowstorms and crazy know, there's stuff. There's life and death happening, you know, yes. all around and, you. And there's although it's relatively safe. I mean, as right. far as considering the number of people that actually get on it in a year time and the, you know, the unfortunate accidents or incidents that happen, they're just so remotely rare. Right, right. I mean, 
But there is something to that. I mean, it's not lottery rare, but it's (laughs) close to lottery rare, I guess, winning the lottery. I'm telling you, we should take a year, man. Do that. (laughs) I'd make it about 15 feet, and I'd be like, (laughs) I'm out of breath. I'd say before we start aiming for the the sky on that one, I'd I'd be uh, okay for, let's go, yeah. Let's go for a little six-hour deal and see what, see how we're feeling Just about it. Just power walk, volunteer. <laughs> That's it. If I can do that, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, um, you because I notice when people walk on volunteer, they got they got a power walk. I mean, yeah. I haven't learned a lot in my life, but I've learned to ease into things now. Yeah, you know, easing yeah. in is a lot better. I'm still learning that lesson yeah. at 37. Yeah, I've got a new project underway downtown uh, now that Perry Logic's closed, and uh, it is just. Uh, an overwhelming, crazy endeavor, and it's awesome, and I love it. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's a wait. huge challenge. I can't wait to see. What I know. I really haven't made a whole lot of it public yet, but uh, it's going to be super cool. We're uh, it's on three hundred four Washington. It's a fourteen thousand square foot warehouse, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be. It's going to change Paris. So I'm I'm really excited to get it up and running, and and uh, we've got a lot of people supporting it, and the city of Paris is behind it, and so. Well, n- knowing you and your energy level and the way you go at things, yeah. I, I would expect nothing less than a huge, resounding success. So, <laughs> and just fun—that's the main thing. I mean, that, that's the thing that it is fun in these uh, in these days where people are so uh, snarly and and aggravated. They got to remember, hey. That, Let's just have fun. I mean, life is really short. Really <laughs> short. Really short when you kind of melt it all down. So let's just have some fun. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the, I, that, you know, I, again, it's it's this, I don't know if, if I'm trying to pinpoint, because it's, it's multifaceted, but again, it brings me down to, I just don't feel like people have any kind of challenge. They, I mean, they get everything delivered to them. There's, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not trying to generalize. I'm not trying to box everyone in, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's just so easy to live a sedentary lifestyle to, to then have your brain chemicals going insane because you don't do anything and you eat like crap and you're online constantly and you're just like the worst habits possible. And all these things are learned. So how do you unlearn things and and uh, you know get to get the help that you need to provide to yourself so that you live a better life i don't but i I think i I don't think most people people even are there i don't even think most people know that they are in the the trap well wake up america wake up america (laughs) (laughs) it's america wake up it's time to um well, I, you know, it's we, we want to blame everybody else. That that that's the, the everybody loves to do that. And one of the things that I will never forget about you is you own it. I don't. I have no idea where you're going. <laughs> you own your mistakes. Oh yeah. And there's I can remember a few mistakes with the pizza oven. <laughs> I don't have to name them. Well, we but we you had, own them. There was a learning curve. There was a learning curve, and same with me. Yeah. I mean, and if you can do that, if you can say I screwed up, here's why. Yeah. And here's what I'm not going to do again. And we fixed it. And we, it's not your fault or this person's it fault, or fault. Not, but my own. It was the experience. The system. I know it's the system. No. But you know what? Society. It was whatever. Good thing about living in this community, in this small town here that we love, is that people are great. They are. I mean, the people that, that, I mean, they would forgive you. You know what I mean? If you make an honest mistake, it'll be like, okay, we're not going to hang you for it. We're going to, because let's face it, Paris, Tennessee is a great place. 
It's a great place to live. The community here, the way people reach out and care about one another. Yes. It is fantastic. So, I mean, we've got that going for us. And people that move here are just taken by it. And when you meet somebody that has moved in here and made Paris their home after living somewhere else, you really kind of get a sense of, hey, this, this place is special. It is special. Yeah. So. And I, and I, and I want to I, I keep it special, and I think it's going to remain special as long as we keep some of this big city nonsense out of our community. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think I think there, we've experienced a little bit of that over COVID, and it really kind of was irritating to me that we resorted to certain you know big city tactics with local politics and things like that. And I'm not well, going to name names and get into it, but it irritated me. It irritated seeing this because I'm like, this is a community of what thirty thousand people in the mm-hmm. county, thirty five thousand something like that. I mean, we're a retirement community. We've got the most awesome natural resources. We're close knit. And it, where we were like for a while cutting each other's throats over nonsense. Yeah, nonsense. And, and like, and, and we all have to be careful about the things that we choose to um, crusade or take on as a kind of a as a hill to die on. as a thing. Because um, I mean, look at me. I mean, I'm bandwidth limited, right? I mean, there's only so much that I'm going to care about. Sure. You know, in my life. Yeah. And and, and I'm pretty quick to just shuffle things out to the edge and say, okay, I'm just not going to care about right, that. Right, yeah. Okay, because when you think about it, if you start getting wrapped around, that's a term that I used in the Navy, you get wrapped around the axle about <laughs> some silly, silly thing, then that takes you away from thinking about the other good things, than like the books that you're reading, the music that you're working on, the, the projects that the you relationships have. relationships you're cultivating. relationships, your yeah. children, your grandchildren in my case. You know, I mean, those things that you really want to care about. Uh, don't forget that all these little things that you really don't have much control over, um, all these little things do take away from these other things that you care about. They do. They take away from it. And they don't, people don't realize that that's a hard lesson to learn. And there's, they're poison. They don't see how it's connected. They're a poison and, and you you be careful about how you waste your time or you spend your time or invest your time, uh, you know, on, uh, various subject matters. It's pretty easy to go down the quote rabbit hole of some subject when you know it's pretty easy to also to just stay out of it so yes <laughs> okay. yes so to choose your battles exactly yeah exactly yeah. yeah because at the end of the day um what effect is my involvement in this problem going to bring about what resolution am i going right. to be able to affect see most of the time right. for me when it's online and I'm interacting online, it's just like throwing gasoline on a fire because yeah. I enjoy the chaos. Because yeah, I'm like, this is, this is awesome. You answered your own question. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I enjoy the chaos. What do I want out of this? Because it's insanity because there's, there's this, this multiplicity of, 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 of personhood it's, where people believe they are somebody online and then they are a different person in real life. It's so much disorder. It's it disorder. Is. It and is. It's, it's, but it's, a, it's the greatest tool we've ever had at the same time. We've always had uh, civil discourse and civil disobedience. Sure. Okay. That's always been around, you know, to, to some degree. It's just gotten a little easier these days, you know, with the technology and the way right. that we're able to connect. And everybody with a device uh, can be a voice now and kind of, you're right, it's chaotic. Dude, look at me. Like I said, 11 people are watching this right now. That's okay. So I'm the voice of 11 people. We are the voice. You know, we could literally thank them all right now. We should individually thank them. We should thank them. Yes. Mom, 
Dad, Jill, Chelsea, thank y'all. <laughs> and the other five. Love Wait, you. Love other you. Seven. Okay, sorry, my math is off. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I, it is. It's become it's become more it's become more available and, and you know, we my generation, especially the millennial generation, the most hated generation, and by the way, we also hate ourselves. Just for everyone listening, uh, it's and it's sad. Is we were we were told, you know, we we're going to be these these snowflakes. We were going to be astronauts. We we're going to be this. We we're going to be that. You know, mm-hmm. we weren't going to be garbage collectors. We weren't going to do the things that need to be done for society. To you, you, that is work that you should take pride in because it makes society go. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so we're this disillusioned entitled generation and again i'm not trying to generalize but this is eight people or eight years of being in service and behind a bar every night yeah you tend to learn a little bit about the human condition because people drink a few beers and they tell you a lot of secrets and tell you who they really are and you're just like man i'm just trying to leave like what are you doing tell me about that make make sure that tip makes it in the jar (laughs) there the old tip jar (laughs) i guess i'll be putting some chairs up now (laughs) you remember the mo (laughs) yeah dude that's what i would do for sure just start stacking the chairs start stacking the chairs we closed a long time ago Anybody else tired? Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but I would never run away on pizza night. I'd always stay and have a beer. <laughs> well, because I wasn't going anywhere quick. No, no, that's Gosh. right. I miss those though. I mean, I mean, I, I'm Again, sorry that we got away from difficult. Those. We're thinking about a difficult, horrible time. But now it's it's great. It was the greatest. It was yeah. not enjoyable for me or you at the time. Well, it was it just was, so hard. It was hard. It was hard. I mean, it was and good we to be loved. Never get the rhythm. It's just like we would get it, and they, it would come in like there'd be a hundred people yeah. come at one time, or they would be spaced out perfect or whatever. Yeah, we never get it right. Well, yeah. I, n- I never came to understand that everybody wants to eat at five o'clock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah. It's five o'clock or bust. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you eat at five or you don't eat at all. That yeah. might not be on the things I love about Paris, Tennessee list. Okay, but no, no, this is a, this is a, because we're in a retirement community. It's an old yeah. person thing. Okay, and I'm not picking. I'm not. I'm not being age. Whatever. Whatever they. There's a That's word. good because yeah, you know. Hey, no, ARP. Listen, listen. Oh, really? <laughs> Old enough to be ARP. Okay, but not ARP. You haven't done that. Yeah, ARP. not ARP. I got you. I mm. got you. So uh, I, uh, I, I think this is funny because it's an old person thing. My, my grandmother, you know, lived in Ohio. She lived in a different time zone. You know, you eat at five. You eat at five o'clock, like you said. So when she came down to visit us, we then had to eat at four. Because that was her five. That was her five. Her body clock five. She wasn't changing. <laughs> yeah. There, there, there you go. You're 80-something-year-old grandmother <laughs> drives, you know, 10 hours to see you. And, and I wondered, you eat at four. And I wondered where I got the weird gene. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's a recessive, but it shows up from time to time. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. No, my dad's pretty weird, too. So, oh, it's, yeah. yeah, they're all, yeah, it's, it's every generation. Yeah, we're, yeah, we embrace it. We live well, it. We're headstrong. I don't know. It's yeah. That, yeah. There you it's go. Probably more headstrong than anything else. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've set my, I've set my boundaries, my limits, and these are them, and this is how I'm going to live. So, yeah. No problem. Yeah. A foundation. I was talking to a very good friend of mine about a foundation last night, and so he was having some some problems, and we were just talking, you know, as friends do when mm-hmm. they have problems. And that was my suggestion to him was like, what is your foundation? What do you go back to to know whether something is good or bad? Like when you're faced with a dilemma and you do something and you know it's wrong in your heart, 
you know what's wrong. How, what, what's the foundation that you go back to? If you have principles that you stand by and, and morals that you stand by, you can always go back to that. You can always go back and say, does it match up to an actual standard that I hold myself to? You've, you've, that has been drilled into you. You've had to do that. Well, I think but it's also part of your character. One of the words um, that, that doesn't get used enough, I think, and, and should be, and people should, I think, I, I think should be, because I think it's a great word, and it really is. It's called humility, and, right? And people should be able to be humble and, and to, have, to live simply and to live the way they choose, but also to also be able to suffer a little bit of humiliation and kind of just take that in stride. You know, that's what humility really comes down to. One of the things when I was becoming a chief petty officer in the Navy, you know, you went through a whole um, process <laughs> when you're initiated into being a chief petty officer was one of the things and the most important lessons of that was to learn humility, was to learn how to, to be in a rough situation and to, to kind of get through it, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in a good fashion. Without, right. you know, kind of losing your mind, like the whole Kipling thing, if you can keep your mind about you and all around you are losing theirs and blaming it on you and all that. Right. right. If, right. right, if, if, right, yeah. yeah. So, so um, you know, it, it sort of all goes to that as far as I'm concerned. And I think that the world would be a much kinder place if people would kind of like just kind of focus on themselves and not worry too much about what the other fella is up to. Right. I mean, yeah, there again, <laughs> I mean, that's just, yeah, mm -hmm. that's the – that's the human condition, and I think a, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, we're we don't have a lot of challenges that we have to face. Whatever we want, we can get. We live in the richest country. We have, I mean, we're, you know, we're very, spoiled. Yes, there's no other way to put it. Yeah, there's no other way to put it. I mean, if if you you, you can go to your doctor with anything that you've done to yourself because of bad habits. And they'll just give you a pill for it instead of tell you, go eat some broccoli and get on a bicycle. They're just going to say, oh, you've got a bad heart. Here, take some more medicine. We've got something for that. we got something for that. Not your, you know, 350 pounds. And, and see me in yeah. a month. and Right. Yeah. And you're, you're going to be on this forever, by the way. Yeah. 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 That's our solution. Yeah. And then that one makes me pee a lot. So then I've got to take another pill for that. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm pleased to say that I... Uh, try to try to stay away from as many prescription medications and <laughs> yeah pills as I can possibly stay away from because yeah. you know just it's a it's a clock the way I look at it your body is just fine yeah yeah I did enough that's right I did enough damage in my 20s you know <laughs> well you got to stress test it first <laughs> you got to kind of push it out there and see see what it's capable of yeah so you right. stress test it and then you then you kind of relax and say okay now we're gonna Right. We're going to ease on into <laughs> Whatever we're middle, and, middle and late age, <laughs> hopefully. I know. I know, man. I'm 37 now. What's that mean? I'm like middle age, right? Pretty much. Is that, is that middle age? Not quite. Young blood. Yeah, not quite. Yeah. I wouldn't say Dang. quite. Dang, man. I'm getting white in the beard. I'm excited. It's all good. Yeah. I'm going to look very stately. <laughs> so I don't want a white beard. It's very stately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say, when you get one, come back and tell me. Tell me that. I like stately. Yeah, I prefer stately. Mm -hmm. So wh what are you doing these days? Where can people see you, find you, say hello? What are you up to? Well, I mean, um, 
you've got some talks coming up. Oh, yes, yes. I've got wrangled into, I say wrangled, but, um, you know, being, having some experience with leadership and that sort of thing, good and bad, <laughs> okay. But, um, you know, I've, I've got a, an event that I'm attending in May of this year, going to be doing a, a leadership conference uh, for an organization down in Savannah, Georgia. That's so cool. So, yeah. So, so I still get, you know, I, I did one out in San Diego uh, a few years ago. It was, and it's fun to do. It's fun to pick up and go somewhere new and, you know, get, get somebody else to pick up the tab for it. And, and get to talk. And, 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 you know, and get to talk about it. And yeah. hopefully inspire some you know, I younger mean, minds. It's leadership. And at the end of the day, leadership is, um, you know, getting what you want, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, it's like, um, you know, you, you have your, your list of needs and you get it, you know, get it the way you want it. Um, but also it's also about being genuine. And what you find is, is that the best leaders are the most genuine people are the ones that are really kind of not just talking the talk, Right, they're walking the walk, you know right, what I mean. Right. So, and that is that is the thing that um, that separates them. I'll, I'll use an example: a guy that went on to become uh, the chief of naval operations was also a uh, a uh, submariner, and uh, one that I had someone. He was the uh, commander of the Atlantic fleet. I was out in the Pacific, but I got to have some interaction, and there was no question. His name is John Richardson, by the way. And he went on. He's now on the board at Boeing. Oh wow! <laughs> okay, okay, so okay. so there was no question when John Richardson walked into the room that he was the smartest guy there. I mean, no question. I right. mean, and you know, so when right. when you see all these other smart people in the room that are deferring to him, you know that oh okay. But he was the guy that would get up at four o'clock in the morning and go for his eight mile run because he couldn't find another place in his schedule to do that. You see what I mean? His yeah, schedule yeah, yeah. was so full during the day that he had to do it at four, you know, in the morning, you know, while it's dark. So this guy was really. And no mean, one's telling him to do this. He's just. No, no, this is just the thing. But he had to do it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in he. His mind, yeah. He was a, he was a classic, uh, a classic executive. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, just plates spinning everywhere. Yeah. You know, just able to spin all these plates and to manage all these issues right. and problems simultaneously. Right. You know. That, to me, was uh, the epitome of a leader. Now, I had a great, my admiral was a great leader also. I mean, obviously, he's also a four-star, and he's still active duty. Wow. Uh, right now, he's naval reactor. Do you stay in contact? Or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, as a matter of fact. Yeah. That's super cool. As a matter of fact, I, I, uh, there's a possibility he'll be retiring up in D.C. this year, and I'll be going to that. No kidding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That yeah. is super neat, man. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't stay in touch with a lot of folks because it's kind of, you know, yeah, they're doing was, their thing. And, yeah, you know, that was when that part of life. There are a few folks that I'd manage and, and get the occasional visit, you know, with folks stop by and say, I, hey, we're going to come in and we're going to see you. And yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think a couple of years ago someone dropped by. and Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's a cool camaraderie that, that you build over doing that. Many you know? years, you yeah. know, and shared pain is the thing. You know, if you were on a crew and a submarine, you know, there are, there are challenges. It's not. Is it stinky? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah. I always thought it was thinking. It would Just be. a bunch of dudes. I mean, you're kind of locked in there, right? Just a bunch of dudes. Well, we have a lot of fresh water. I mean, we can shower and yeah, do laundry and all those things. Is it stinky, though? Well, I mean, there's a unique there's a unique smell that's combined with the fuel oil that it carries and the things. Why does that, it carry fuel oil? 
just for for the emergency oh, uh, diesel. Gotcha. And also, it's part of that shielding equation I was talking about earlier that keeps the the fuel oil is actually part of the shielding for the reactor. No. Yeah. That it, is too cool. It's all on the atomic level because it has a lot of hydrogen atoms in fuel oil. Believe it or not, it's a carbo. Right. You know. Uh, right. Hydrocarbon. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, gamma rays are basically the same size as the hydrogen, right? So as soon as they hit it, they hit that atom, it absorbs all the energy of it. So fuel oil makes an excellent shield for reactors. So that's why you store your fuel your fuel around the reactor, or at least part of it. How about that? That is, man, that is so Well, because cool. you, you gotta carry fuel anyway. Yeah. You gotta have it for the emergency diesel. In case you have to shut your reactor down, you can start the diesel up and Give yourself electric like it's, power, it's and you can drive home. You can drive home on electric electricity from the diesel. Interesting. Some smart person designed that. Real smart. I don't know. Real smart person. <laughs> Dude, thanks for coming on here. I, I I know I didn't give you like any. You gave me nothing, by the way. Nothing. <laughs> I had no idea what we were So there is a, a, okay. a therapy session support group for That's my guests. Fine. That's fine. Because good. I don't give them anybody anything. <laughs> Hard to believe it's already a time it just got by. It go, it's fun, though. Yeah, it was fun. It's Thank fun. You. You've never done anything like this. I'd like no. for you to come back anytime you want, and, and we could Well, I'd love to. Talk, and I'd like to, man, invite me over for some pizza. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll start firing it up before long, and we'll put the word out on Facebook and what have you. Yeah, yeah. Do you mm-hmm. remember uh, one day I was driving down Elkhorn, and I just see you outside, and you're sitting there with your dog <laughs> drinking iced tea. Do you remember this? Yes. And I just... Slammed on my brakes. I think I might have yelled too. (laughs) Yeah, slammed on my brakes. I might have yelled at you, like, what are you doing on this side of the bottle? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, guys, thanks for watching the Logical Podcast. Uh, This has been awesome. Uh, Thanks for my guest, Cash Caldwell. Um, Just a reminder tune in this Tuesday, February 14th at 7 p.m. on the Mike Weatherford Show. He's going to have the Holly Fork Shooting Complex. Uh, Chairman Marty Visser will be on, uh, Coach Lee Whitehead. Um, they're going to talk about the, the youth sporting events and the things that they do out there. It's going to be great. That's this uh, Tuesday, uh, February the 14th. Check it out. And happy Valentine's Day, by the way. We'll see you all later.